Welcome to Relax, Relate, Reflect About Big Questions with Daniel Bernardes. Today we're doing some voice acting. We're reading, did I ever tell you about the time I played game theory pranks on my cousins? This story addresses the big question whether the homo economicus model that economists often use, which describes people as rational, self-interested consumers, is always a good description of human economic behavior. This is a story by Daniel Bernardes and Lance Bovenberg. It's interpreted by Francisco Hamlin, Rebecca Scarrett, and Daniel Bernardes. This is copyrighted material. We allow you to distribute and share this audio file with others as it is, but not to edit, modify, or take samples from it in any way. Sharing it with friends, family, and colleagues is highly appreciated, so thanks for doing that. For more Relax, Relate, and Reflect, visit danielbernardes.com. Now, on to the story. You have to understand that my mother is from Spain, and there we celebrate the three kings that come from the east. So when they heard that in the Netherlands we celebrate Sinterklaas, who comes by boat from Madrid to the Netherlands, they were very amused. We invited them all over to come and celebrate this feast with us once. Because my mother is the eldest of four children, the children of my two uncles and two aunts are smaller. And we thought it would be nice to let them experience something of this Dutch tradition. I was especially happy to have my uncle Pepe over, so we could talk about philosophy as we always did. Everyone in the family, except my uncle Samuel, thought it was a good idea. And in the end, he grudgingly accepted to join in with his family. For me, it was a perfect opportunity to play pranks on them. Of course, they didn't know about this tradition at all. So I asked to be sent to class, so that I would have the authority to ask them to do whatever I wanted to. Okay. It had to be civilized, with the whole family there, but I came up with a wicked plan to try out some game theory on them. I just had to hope that my uncle wouldn't march out of the party. But well, these are risks you take. The evening started out well. The children were told that I couldn't be joining them that evening because I had some urgent schoolwork to finish. I marched in dressed up as Santa Claus. Not before Dawa, one of my AUC classmates, who had dressed up as Pete had knocked on the window to alert all the kids, as is traditional. The reaction of my nephews and nieces was not as excited as those of Dutch children, who tend to live towards this moment for weeks. But still, they had gotten in the mood a little and were curious what was going to happen. The atmosphere became more exhilarated after Pete had thrown around some things in the room, and the kids quickly found out that these were candies. They were sprawling all over the floor to collect them. So far, so good. The smallest of my nieces, Lolita, came to Sinterklaas first with her mother. She had made a drawing for Sinterklaas, which she shyly presented to me. The bishop outfit must have been a little imposing to the small girl. Of course, I went on to relate how good Lolita had been in the past year, and that Sinterklaas was very grateful of the beautiful drawing. I asked Pete to give her a present, and after seeing that this was the set of colored pencils that she had asked for, Lolita was very happy and the family was smiling. The time for action was approaching. My first unexpected move, only detected by the Dutch people in the room, who were aware of the traditions, was to call two of my nephews to me at the same time, instead of each one separately. These two boys are the same age, both about nine years old, and usually play together when there are family meetings. They were friends, but never completely at peace with each other. There would always at least be one instance of some fight or conflict in which the parents had to intervene during every meeting of the two, so I was interested to see how they would do together on a game-theoretical challenge. I decided to make them play an ultimatum game. In the ultimatum game, one player receives a certain initial endowment, 
and then needs to share that endowment with his second player. The rule is that only when the second player accepts the offer, they both get to keep the endowment. If the second player does not accept, both players walk away from the game with nothing. So here I ask Dawa to show 10 paper noten, which are typical Sinterklaas candies, to Kiko, the older nephew. I told the boys that Sinterklaas had heard that he and Javi often played together, but had not always been sweet to one another. That's why they now had to play a game together, to see how their relationship really is. I explained the rules. Kiko was free to give as many of his paper noten to Javi as he liked. Then Javi would have to say whether he accepted them or not. If Javi would not accept, both would not get any paper noted. If Javi did accept, both would get the number they had agreed to. I saw my uncle Samuel, Kiko's father, frowning a bit at the back. But Kiko quickly took the word. So these, pointing to the paper note that Dawan was holding out, are for me if I give some of them to Javi and he thinks it's okay? Yes, there are 10 paper notes in here. How many would you like to give to Javi? He looked sideways at Javi, who was looking shyly at his shoes. Um, do you like paper noten? Yes. And Javi? Javi nodded frantically without taking his eyes from his shoes to the amusement of the family standing around. Alright, Kiko. Javi likes paper noten too. How many would you like to give him? Kiko hesitated for a moment and then said, Well, four. A slight murmur went through the bystanders. Right, so Javi, if Kiko gives you four of his ten paper noten, will you accept them? Javi looked up slightly and nodded. Great, then Pete, please give the boys their paper noten. Well done, now you can also both have your presents. The outcome was not entirely to the liking of the public. Kiko's mother would have preferred that he give half his paper noten to Javi, but in the end, they did strike a bargain, and perhaps I should have told his mother that it's not even the worst possible one. Experimentally, people tend to accept if three out of an endowment of ten are given to them, but they tend to reject two or lower. And actually, if both players would act according to homo economicus, self-centered optimization, then player one would just offer one out of ten, and the other would accept. So Kiko showed decidedly more social education than homo economicus and was even slightly generous compared to experiments. Uncle Samuel, Kiko's father, didn't like that his mother became annoyed though, and I should have kept a better eye on that. After my nephews, I decided to call two more nieces. Teresa was a bit younger than Kiko and Javi, seven years old, and Dolores a bit older, 11 years old. The family knows them as sweet girls, so I decided to play a game with them that usually has a sweet outcome experimentally. Much more than one would expect from Homo Economicus. The trust game. I asked Pete to give Dolores four chocolate euro coins and explain the rules to her. She could either keep the chocolates to herself or give them to Teresa. Teresa would get three times as many chocolates as Dolores gave her, so a maximum of 12 chocolates. Then Teresa would either keep these chocolates or return some of them to Dolores. Even though Teresa was a bit younger than Dolores, she understood the rules very well. Nearly everything happened as I had hoped. Dolores, who proved her reputation as a sweet girl, decided to give all her chocolate coins to Teresa, who therefore received 12 coins. And Teresa, who doubted a little bit, in the end counted half of what she received and gave them to Dolores. And then she even gave one extra. The aunts applauded. 
The girls also received the presents Santa Claus had brought for them, and were happy with them. Only Uncle Samuel kept his silence. It was time to start giving presents to adults. Here, I made the mistake of calling on Uncle Samuel and his wife Sarah. Because Samuel was an entrepreneur, I had thought it would be nice to play the gift exchange game with him. This game is a little more complex than the previous ones. In it, one player is the employer who offers a certain wage to an employee and announces how much he would like the employee to exert himself. The employee can either accept or decline the offer. If he declines, both get nothing. If he accepts, the employee receives the wage that was offered and he needs to decide how much he will exert himself. The employee pays the amount corresponding to the level at which he chooses to exert himself and the employer then receives three times that amount. I asked Dawa to give Aunt Sarah 10 chocolate coins and explained the rules to them. Aunt Sarah took the joke nicely and said, Now, darling, I finally get to pay you as well as you pay your employees. And she gave him all 10 coins and asked him to exert at level 7. But Samuel was not amused. If we're going to be playing game theory here, I might as well act as players are expected to. So, thanks very much, I'll exert at level 1. And he demonstratively took one of his coins and gave it to his wife. Now you know what it feels like to run a business. Samuel. But Samuel had clearly had it and exploded in front of all the children. What kind of celebration is this anyway that this Mr. Bishop here is doing game theory experiments with the children? What are they, guinea pigs? And are you implying that businessmen are self-centered capitalists who don't care for their employees? Come over to my company once and talk to the people there. You'll see that there are companies where people can feel at home and appreciate it. I hadn't seen that one coming, so I did the best I could to save the day. Dear Samuel, perhaps you haven't heard, but St. Nicholas knows everything. That's because Pete here and his colleagues try their best to make informed decisions about the present they give to the children and their families. And it is written here in my book, I emphatically pointed to the book, that you have been a businessman that has taken very good care of your business and of your people. Therefore, Sinterklaas has also prepared a very nice present for you. Would you like to see it? There was a bit of a tense silence as the children looked at Uncle Samuel. Samuel was still clearly unhappy, but he calmed down a bit and took up the game. Why doesn't Sinter give the present to my wife then? She has to put up with this self-centered capitalist all the time. Sarah has been very good this year too. She certainly deserves some more presents. But Pete, do you think this particular present will be fitting for Sarah? I think that it's a very fitting present for Sarah, but I don't think she'll enjoy it as much alone. Perhaps I should just give it to her and then you can decide what to do? Everyone nodded and Pete passed a package the size of a large envelope to Sarah. She tore open the package, took out the envelope and looked inside. Oh, how nice! I won't do that alone though. What is it? Samuel asked. It's a voucher for a weekend away for two. St. Nicholas has been very good to us. We had asked the family to pitch in for this gift because we thought it would do them good to spend some time together. This did bring a smile to the face of Samuel. Thanks, Inter. But enough already of game theory. The rest of the evening was very pleasant, but the game theoretical experiment came to a premature end. I would have liked to play public goods and the basic prisoner's dilemma with some other people. But now, I stuck to the more traditional activities, and so, family disaster was averted. Thank you for listening to Did I Ever Tell You About the Time I Played Game Theory Pranks on My Cousins? 
The story you heard addresses the big question whether the homo economicus model that economists often use, which describes people as rational, self-interested consumers, is always a good description of human economic behavior. If you would like to make the most of this theme, consider asking yourself and discussing with people how the mentioned experimental game theory results, the attitude of Uncle Samuel, and the general family gift exchange atmosphere in the Sinterklaas celebration nuance the homo economicus model. For more relax, relate, reflect about big questions, go to danielbernardes.com and sign up for the free monthly e-zine there. Feel free to share this file with friends, family and colleagues. Thanks a lot for listening. <laughs>